Cause I got trouble, I got worries, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Docalos, welcome to yet another episode of The Documenteers. I'm your host, Bob Sham, and we discuss documentaries because we love documentaries and we discuss a different documentary each and every week, set our final Herzog review upon it, and then move on. And it's with a heavy heart this week because... Halloween is just mere hours away. This is the week where we lay Creeptober to rest. And we go out on some real spooky, ooky. We got aliens, cows getting moved around, holes, uh, (laughs) uh, sunburns, yetis coming out of light tunnels. We're discussing, this is a new one actually. This came out not too long ago, available for rental. We're talking about Jeremy Corbell's Hunt for the Skinwalker, where where Jeremy goes and teams up with NIDS, which is uh, an organization that studies paranormal shit, these NIDS, and they go and they investigate Skinwalker Ranch. They have unprecedented access to Skinwalker Ranch, even though I saw some YouTube videos where people were also like hanging out there. But that's what this movie is, is paranormal speculative stuff. Do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in ghosts, poltergeists, light tunnels, random holes? Do you believe in holes? Also, the singer Robbie Williams shows up. Yeah, right. So come along, join Stuart and I. And Stuart has some of his own theories on the matter. And you'll have to hear them to believe them and decide if you think they're compelling. Next week on the podcast, I'll be honest, we're banked pretty far ahead. I'm not sure. But I do believe, I do believe that it's going to be a film about a a UFO cult called Children of the Stars. I'm doing it with Johnny. And it's either that or it's not. But I'm pretty sure it's that. So yes, Children of the Stars with Johnny. And that will be next week here on The Documenteers. Meanwhile, let's get on to some alien sightings, some spooky shit. Lay Creeptober into its grave until it rises again next year. I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween. And I'll see you in November. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. My name is Jeremy Corbell. I seek to weaponize your curiosity. And if you're ready to suspend your own prejudice, welcome to the world of extraordinary beliefs. episode here that we're recording is going to come out the day before halloween i'm creeped out it's creeptober we're winding down creeptober it is the last documentary we're discussing for creeptober this one is about it's kind of covering a lot of ground we're talking about like ufo shit we're talking about weird creature shit yodas yodas poltergeist shit cows being shoved into trailers all kinds of like creepy stuff uh dire wolves dire wolves that's right dire wolves make an appearance game of thrones yeah at first we were talking we were hemming and hawing over like a mothman documentary and you were like i love mothman yeah it's great and then you were like let's do this hunt for the skinwalker and i was like yeah that sounds cool i 
I've heard a little bit about Skidwalker Ranch. Yeah. It's a place where there's a lot of paranormal activity. And I saw a trailer for it and I thought, yeah, this seems like a lot of fun. Let's dive in. And this movie came out this year, right? It's very new. Yes. Very new movie. So if y'all want to watch it. It came out September 11th. Really? Yes. Exactly. On September 11th. (laughs) On Drew's birthday. Drew's birthday. Never forget. Backroom Whispers. I had to rent it. It's so new that I rented it. I didn't steal it. What? Really? Actually, I did not rent it. I bought it. It was 10 bucks for a standard version. And I thought, okay, I think I'm going to have fun with this one. And about 10 minutes in, I had this feeling like maybe $10 was too much. But folks at home, you may have to rent it unless you can find a wizard in the woods to give it to you for free. We are going to, to discuss the film Hunt for the Skinwalker by Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer Corbell. Mm-hmm. That's all one person. All those names go to one person. He's a mixed media artist. He breaks things and makes mosaics out of them, if I recall remembering. He's pretty handy with a chalkboard. He loves writing on chalkboards. It's, you know, it's a, that's a fine art medium, I think. All teachers are fine artists. Those who can't uh, teach, teach uh, do. Those who can't do teach. No, it's, uh, those who can't teach do. Yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible teacher. That's why I do it. I couldn't teach <laughs> podcasting. But do I need some great teachers out there? Yes, I do. We all need good teachers. Like, um, who's your podcast teacher? Mr. Holland. Mr. Holland? Yeah, from that movie. Someone was killed. John Lennon, the musician. You wouldn't understand. Who is my podcast <laughs> teacher? It's a good question. I feel like there's... I feel like I'm pulling a lot of influences from a lot of podcasts I like to listen to, but the subject of our podcast is not really the same as any of those subjects. Yeah. Like, who are my guys? Probably uh, uh, Terry Gross. Terry Gross? Yeah. and uh, Keep guessing. That's not it. uh, uh, Ira. Ira Glass? Yeah. You know, maybe I like Ira. You have that tone. You have that. No, I don't. Yeah. You're like. I do not have the Ira Glass tone. You're like, Meh. that's an insult telling me I sound like people on NPR. What? What? Hi, um, and today on This American Life, we are discussing Meh. farts. We're discussing what the farts? range of farts and how they affect. <laughs> no. Did I miss that episode? That's if they would let me have a NPR show. NP. I don't really enjoy listening to the show that much, but but the car guy, the car talk guys. Ooh, clickety clackety. Click and clack. Yeah. At the very least, they sound different than everyone else on the radio show. What about us? Splendid Table? You listen to that? (laughs) Where it's uh, like, so I've got a problem. I have uh, Apple Orchard that I inherited, and I now have five tons of apples, and I'm wondering what to do with them. And then the guy will be like, oh, what? Maybe How'd you get all those apples? What? Feed the hungry, stupid. Give them to, like, (laughs) shelters. There's like, "You, you could use the apples to make a marinade. For a bunch of hanger steaks. All those people just want to be on the radio. What What are they going to ask that you can't just look up? I like I like I like them. You like, like the Splendid Table. I you're, like radio personalities. You ever listen to uh, Travel with Rick Steves? I don't like that one. No, no, I don't like that. I remember hearing that show during um, when the economy was tanking in two thousand eight, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, and this visit to Ta- you can visit Thailand for." The super cheap price of $15,000 for, and it's like, what? 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate NPR. I do get a lot out of it. I, I've been listening to This American Life for years since I was a kid. And I do like to listen to the morning news. I feel like it is legitimately objective. I love uh, Bill O'Reilly's chat show. <laughs> no, you're thinking of the wrong what? Wrong network. Oh, okay. Uh, he's got a podcast now. He's got a podcast called Cornering Women. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Anyway, let's get into this movie, Hunt for the Skinwalker. And we get right off some real stylized shit. Yeah. This movie, it shows you real quick the aesthetic. It's aesthetic. And Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer Corbell, we'll just call him Corbell. I often wonder about the nature of reality, about our relationship to the creative force that forged the particles of our stars and intertwined them with the molecules of our bodies. Or Jeremy. So when, I, when we started this, I was watching it on mute, and uh, I thought it was like a show for like a house remodel or something at first. Like going out to this abandoned property. Like, this could be an amazing ranch-style Vista the Mesa. They're pretty cool effects. We see starry skies that, and then pulsating lights. It just looked like a lot of camera flare or just mm. post-edit. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Lens flare. Filmmaking techniques. It did feel like a bit, it was like, a, like I was watching a preview for the show that I was already watching. Yeah, and then a title comes up that says Extraordinary Beliefs. Welcome to the world of Extraordinary Beliefs. And I was like, oh shit, did I get the wrong movie? I thought that same thing. It's the same movie. Apparently, Corbell, this documentary is going to be part of a, a, a series of many documentaries that he's going to put out that he's calling the Extraordinary Beliefs series. But there's a lot of flash and a lot he's of over... One of he's one of the Phoenixes, right? He's like a cousin of Joaquin Phoenix and... River Phoenix, right? Uh, is that true? He's got that uh, hat, and he's got the same hat and, and the beard. He is wearing like a little pork pie looking hat. Yeah, yeah. No, does any have you ever seen anyone that's white that looks good in those hats? The answer is no. D uh, yeah. Um, uh, our president, he I saw him when he looked really good. <laughs> uh, he should wear a pork pie hat. <laughs> he should be the one white person that wears a pork pie hat. <sighs> yeah, he's he'll bring him back. Back in style. Everyone will be wearing him pretty soon. One thing that Corbell also likes to do is, one, he's up in his own movie. Two, he's pretty much narrating the movie. And three, mm -hmm. he likes to pop up words like uh, oh, yeah. on the screen as he's telling yeah. you. I feel like he needs to pick one of these things and stick with it and not do all three because uh, right off the bat, we're entering Spurlockian territory. If this was an infomercial and he just put up like twenty nine ninety five, I'd buy immediately. Twenty nine ninety five. He knows how to market for easy you. payments. Yeah, I'm in. Whatever he's doing. He talks about Skinwalker Ranch and how private companies and the Defense Department have done studies on Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch, it is. There's a lot of known UFO sightings, but it goes beyond that. It seems to cover almost every angle from cryptozoology to ghost poltergeist activity. It really runs the gamut, and it all seems to center at this place called Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Uh, Star Wars. Skywalker Ranch, I think, is what it was actually called. So, yeah, because I think it's like George Lucas's uh, No, you're thinking... Ranch. No, 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 no. You're thinking of something. I think Skywalker Ranch might be in California. I thought... That, well, that would explain it all, because it's like, it's right next door to Star Wars place. So See your thing. No, this is like that's in why Utah. you're seeing Yoda walking around. And at one point, they're like, "Look right there, 
you know, towards the end. <laughs> That's a Millennium Falcon right there. You remember that part? You practically had people like pointing out, oh, is that a TIE fighter? TIE fighters are fighting. Look, look, look. Yeah, you remember? They were like, okay, you see these orbs? Those are Jedi Knights. <laughs> they didn't say it, but they were thinking it. And I mean, I, I was almost, I was yelling at the screen. You're next to Sky, it's Skywalker Ranch. Oh, come on. I've been making this claim lately and it's been controversial. And I'm going to say it on the podcast for the first time. Star Wars is like the James Patterson of science fiction. Oh, snap. Ooh, I'm just yes. going to leave it there. Yeah. I'm going to let the audience just take Let's it from ponder there. that and maybe we'll get comments. <laughs> I got, oh, I got my first bad review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, on our episode, I think we're alone now. I made a kill sit through 19 different versions of the song. I think we're alone now. <laughs> and the person like got mad and wrote a bad review. But that's exciting because it's like, wait, I think some traction is starting because I looked up some of my favorite podcasts. They have like four and a half star reviews. Some of my favorite podcasts are very divisive. So this is a sign. Well, what's, what's, what do they say? It's like you, you have, you have to have like that love and hate equal amounts. I think for, for true uh, notoriety and fandom, you're going to have the detractors and the attractors. Yeah. Yeah. And then the attractors are so rabid. I mean, they start attacking the detract, attacking, 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 attacking the detractors. And I have to be like, yo, calm down. You got to attack the detract. (laughs) Right. But yo, calm down. As we're saying. The government put in $22 million for a, uh, a UFO research project. But Stewart, in 2017, the government acknowledged after a New York Times article came out. Yep. That they have been putting research into unidentified flying objects in the sky. Yep. And they released Defense Department footage of pilots looking at these little, tracking these little uh, flying saucers. A lot of them ain't even saucers. They're just like little pill-shaped things sometimes. Dude, there's a fucking drone on, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. Again. They're probably just flying near Skywalker Ranch. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is where we. I see what your angle for this episode is. <laughs> Are you going to be uh, promoting the Star Wars? Well, look, it's my boy Harry Reid. You know, he's a massive, massive uh, uh, Star Wars fan. Yeah. Self-admitted, I think there's. You could find uh, if you Google uh, Star Wars Harry Reid. He's a former senator. Because the high humidity and how hot it gets here, you could literally smell the tourists. Major, the funding was there for this project. Right? Yeah, is that true? Major Star Wars fan. He's at all the cons. You see, there's clips of him in line waiting to see Phantom Menace, uh, attacking clones, and uh, the last whatever the other one was. Oh, you've Jedi, got Jedi. You've got money pouring out of your pockets. Did someone pay you to promote? Star Wars. Is there not enough Star Wars out there? Now you're wiping sweat off your brow with $100 bills. Uh, just trying to get everyone to make sure they see the... Um, uh, Solo on DVD next, uh, soon. Solo is released on Blu-ray soon. and <laughs> uh, Go to your local Best Buy. Just uh, check it out. Hashtag. So the government has acknowledged that there are, there are things flying in the sky that we don't know, and they have been researching right. it. That's not an LNS, though, is it? It's not. It is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's a thing, it's rotating. 
when this came out, I think people like you and I were like, whoa, this is a big deal. I remember going, this is huge, everyone. But I guess Donald Trump tweeted something the next day and then no one was uh, talking about it anymore. Pork pie hat. There's a lot of melodramatic narration. Imagine a place between shadow and substance. A place where the world is thin. To most, a location that invokes the darkest and most hidden corners of terror. Mm -hmm. We see the director, he's digging through boxes of VHS. Why we gotta watch that, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of VHSs. We meet investigative reporter George Knapp, and he wrote the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. And he collected tons of writing and tons of witness tapes. And he's been sitting on this for a long time. Mr. Knapp has claimed he's been asked not to let any of this research out, but he has decided, with the help of Corbell, that he wants to put this out. Now's the time. He said he's got about 30 hours of footage regarding his studies. And he had the intent of making his own documentary about it. That's right. So this movie is going to touch base on 30 to 40 hours of unseen footage. And let me tell you, Corbell really whips out all of that unseen footage. Wow. No, he doesn't. We see like a half hour of this shit. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. We have this treasure trove, but we see clips of George Knapp narrating stories. On our first visit to the ranch, we tried to get the attention of whatever it is that lives here. Sometimes merely the arrival of outsiders is enough. So we hiked around, made noise, disturbed the earth. We did everything short of painting a bullseye on our foreheads. That people have told him. And they're not uninteresting. The most interesting part of this movie is witness accounts. Yeah. And the stories that they tell. It's just, I kind of wish there was a lot more than we got. I preferred the secondhand witness accounts. His wife also had multiple sightings, one that coincided with a mutilated cow on Preston's property, and another in 1995, directly over Skinwalker Ranch. So it's witness <laughs> accounts from people who talked to the witnesses or heard, oh, third-hand accounts of the witnesses' testimony. Those are interesting. Like about the dire wolf, remember? Yeah. The dire wolf. That's one of the coolest stories. That's the cool story, yeah. Yeah. Are we going to get into that story? Yeah, we will get there. Not yet. But access to the ranch, they say, won't happen again. But it looks like Cordell does shoot things around the ranch. I don't I, I don't know. Unless it's not the ranch, it's possible it could not be. But we also meet a Colm Kelleher. I think he's a microbiologist or something. I could get that wrong. But he co-wrote the book Hunt for the Skinwalker yeah. with yeah. Nap. Now, the director appears to be interviewing himself my curiosity became so overwhelming that i could no longer be a passive observer but i had to become an active participant right and then it has those words on the screen like i can't be (laughs) practically it was that was that was one of the coolest parts of whenever it would go to that those little moments where it's like finally i can get away from this footage of george knapp in the 80s or 70s and get back to my boy jeremy talking about laying it down with his pork pie. The original story, never seen by the public, can now be told. And it's weaved into a tapestry of new, ongoing phenomena and events. This is a moment in time that can't be replicated. Because that's what we want to see is him interviewing himself. But he describes Skinwalker Ranch as the Area 51 of the paranormal. What about the other 50 areas? What are you hiding, government? Oh, snap! Other 50 areas? We don't ever talk about those. It's just the... We just talked about that 51st area. It's a good point. 
It's a, that's the film that I want to see Jeremy make next. The other 50 areas. What about the other 50 Extraordinary areas? Extraordinary beliefs. Extraordinary beliefs. What about the other 50 areas? Okay, one, I'll say, I'll say it. I'm going to one more, one more time. Number 50. Obviously, right next door to this one, number 51. It's got to be Skywalker Ranch. I'm saying. No, no. Star Wars. You're very confused. Let me borrow some of those monies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you saw what I saw. When you're talking to a guy mm-hmm. and he's talking about unexplained phenomena and UFOs, like a right. guy like Colm Kelleher. Right. What is the most stereotypical thing you would picture someone like this wearing? Like a moo-moo. <laughs> wow. You really think outside the box. <laughs> no, he's wearing a turtleneck. Oh, a turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Or, um, fuck, what's the... Uh, uh, or a turtle. So I think turtles wear turtlenecks. The guy that died who sent things into space. Oh yeah, Stephen Hawking. No, not that guy. There's the another dead space guy. The dude that's like he he does. Uh, we're gonna get this. He used to do that show that. Um, oh yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the what is it called? Cosmos. Cosmos. Yeah. What's that guy? I keep forgetting his name. I got to cut Carl this Sagan. out. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. Is that it? Yeah, it's Carl Sagan. The cosmos is all that is. Or ever was, or ever will be. Carl Where Sagan. he's all gussied up like Carl Sagan. I'm here with a turtleneck. Yeah. And you can see that space, the vastness of space, and space, space is spacey. It was pretty cool, I admit. You're right. It points out that there's not a single phenomenon, a single type of phenomenon that comes out of Skinwalker Ranch. Now we see footage of Naps documentary footage that he made. They talked to a guy, named, he's an oil exec. His name is Gregory Todd. And he talks about how there's a round, gray, metallic thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. And he said, whatever it was, it was big. There have been centuries of sightings around this area, they say. And the skinwalker has been in Native American culture forever. And specifically, the tribe that lives around here is called the Uinta tribe. Or the Yunta, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Jeremy is making like river flow metaphors to describe the weird things that are coming out. And a camera is sitting on like a drain pipe that's pumping out through a desert river. Mm-hmm. Like some real like on the nose kind of shit. Quietly and secretly, there's been a current that runs through this area. Yeah, that was cool. Because we got to look at a river if you're going to make river metaphors regarding the paranormal. I liked that because that helped me visualize what a river looked like, which was masterful direction, in my opinion. Jeremy talks about how these are normal, hardworking people all having a wide variety of, of experiences. And here in this area, it's just considered normal to see weird shit all the time. Reminds me of my hometown. There's multiple times in this movie where... I think he's about to go into another intro or I think it's going to end and then it goes into something else. Yeah. He kind of sets things up where it's like, oh, or is this some kind of climactic point? But it seems to just kind of. Well, I saw those as like commercial breaks. Like this was made for uh, History Channel. So, yeah. So that sci-fi can put in their commercial. Because years from now, this will be history, you know, because we'll all be talking about Skinwalker Ranch, you know, and uh, Trump will be there. Jeremy does not hold back. On video effects, some synth music, a lot of flashing scenes, yeah. flashing in and out. Yeah, those are cool. I don't know what it <laughs> adds to it. I would have loved to have just seen more government release UFO footage, really. 
play that thing, dude. Yeah, that was cool. That stuff was cool because you could hear the pilots on that. And they're yeah. Like, Whoa, what is that? What the fuck? But if there's like what thing, what it? What it? What, what is? What is that? You remember that? <laughs> yeah. That part it's like what it? What is that? What? Did you see that? It's rotating. <laughs> there's so many of them. Na- George Knapp says that he has had no anomalous experience himself. Mm-hmm. He personally did not see it. Right, and that was text on the screen. I have seen <laughs> jack shit all at skinwalker ranch and then it was like the r's just kept going like remember that across the screen it was like and then it was like jeremy like and then there's like a boing sound boing. that was cool what you're describing is cooler than what we actually saw well yeah i did do i have to be honest uh, i was a little late today because i was working on a remix of the, of the movie you should re-edit this for corbell you couldn't make it any worse. Can y'all tell that we love this movie? <laughs> I It's revelatory what I learned from watching this movie. Dire wolves, dire chickens, dire Yodas. Uh, Wouldn't like raptors be dire chickens? Clever girl. Yes. Yeah. What? Can we? Yes. What? We need to call. No one's uh, ever thought of it like we that. We need to go down to uh, talk. I'm going to buy some Bigelow tea tomorrow and I'll call up and be like, hey, got a, just a stray thought. Dire chickens, raptors. Oh, my God. And then the, you'll hear the phone fall from their hand. They'll be like, I'm going to let Mr. Bigelow know this immediately. <laughs> you have stumbled upon something that is revelatory. Nat talks about when he first arrived that he was using himself as bait for the for something. Yes. And that Skin people were bait. And that people yeah. were giving him distance because they were worried. So I can't really, they didn't really go into it though, right? Like, well, Not well really. how was he bait? And I'm just trying to picture it in my head. And, you know, I imagine he was like, all right, here I go. And he just starts like tap dancing in the desert. Yeah, like, what was he Making doing? a ruckus, being like, who, 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 come out, skinwalker, skinwalker. <laughs> Maybe it was just uh, going, I think aliens are pussies. <laughs> come on, aliens. Because later, people who have witness accounts say, you can't force these things. It can take months at a time to see sightings. Mm-hmm. And But he George Knapp is talking about how he's trying to bait the paranormal elements of Skinwalker or Ranch. Right. Which ain't going to work because they don't fall for that. Yeah. Because you have, you have to be some kind of rancher, just minding your own business without any kind of documentation. Then they'll... That's perfect bait. If George Knapp had just worn like some kind of vest and like camo gear and had a gun and just been like, huh, just minding my own business out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just watching to, these cows. Trying to make a ranch living on this ranch life. Ho- hope nobody steals my prize cows. <laughs> nobody puts them in a box or anything weird like that. He should have dressed like a cow. Oh, no. Yes. Moo, moo. Moo Moo just grazing along here on the ranch. Moo. Hope nothing weird happens. Boing. The skinwalker, Stuart, steals lives and souls. It takes shape. It's a shapeshifter. Right. Yeah. And it's a part of Native, Native American lures. The, the local tribes, they warn against visiting the area. They don't really stop people. I mean, how could they, really? Right. right. And the word skinwalker, at least to reference this place, is a generalized term for all the weird shit people have claimed to see. So it's like, man, I got real skinwalker today. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be a real pest out there. 
you know, it's not gonna. This is like I I've never really wanted to live in Utah, but this is not a great uh, advocacy for Utah as a place to live. You know, I hear it's, it's gorgeous. Is it? I hear it's a beautiful beautiful country out. Okay, there. I might consider it. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to live there. Seems to be under certain elements of religious control in a lot of places. Right now, I do like Mormonism, so am I, I am fascinated. I already have some special underwear. I keep it locked, locked up in a safe. Have they considered that maybe any lights that they're seeing is a manifestation of the angel Moroni? Ooh, yeah. Who brought the story of Mormonism to Joseph Smith? No one brought that up. Right, and I was a little, I was a little like, hmm, huh? why aren't you, why aren't you talking about what we're all thinking here? Angel Moroni. <laughs> angel, angel Moroni. You know, it's obviously some kind of godly manifestations going on out here. Now, you brought up a name earlier, Bigelow, right. Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow is a billionaire who is interested in UFO and paranormal research. He's as interesting as Elon Musk thinks he is. He's like a he's like a shadow musk, you know, like a musk you, you kind of just smell a little bit in the air. Shadow musk is good. It's like, I smell money. What is that? Is that? Ooh, that must be some big low tea. I'm going to have a sip of that. But they tell stories about how the UFO research community was always talking about how they don't have money. So Robert Bigelow is like, here's a million dollars. Divvy it up between yourselves and uh, do some research. And they pissed it all away. And they were like, that's not enough. You're going to give us more. And he's like, there's about a billion dollars. What do you think of that? What's yeah. that going to do? Why don't you get your feet on the ground? MUFON. Uh, what's the other ones? SETI. I, I can't. Yes, uh, I guess. AT pals. Get down there, man. AT pals. <laughs> That's just people who really love that movie. <laughs> Elliot. What? Elliot. <laughs> and think that all aliens are like that. That would be cool if they were, man. It would, I, be, it would be nice if I, that's what aliens I, are like. I think if I was going to join any of these groups, it would be E.T. Pals. Just because I like to. I, You know, that's the problem. Everyone's got a cell phone now, so you can't really phone home. That's true. I mean, it's really a profound kind of thinking mm. like that that might. You know, indenture me to them. Nowadays, E.T. Like, would Pokemon Go. Oh. Yes. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. You are good. With the, I love that. But Robert Bigelow, they said he has two orbiting space stations. You remember when they said that? This guy seems very fascinating to me. Yeah. I don't know a lot about him. I wonder, we're going to have to see if there's a Robert Bigelow documentary. We got to find out more about this Bigelow. Yeah, man. I already love the tea. Yeah. That's some of the most flavorful tea. <laughs> Bigelow tea. You think he has anything to do with that? I mean, how could he not? Didn't you hear George Knapp say at one point, he's got his money in this, this, and then he says, and tea interests? He says that. <laughs> he brushed over it. But like, I think that's the only thing that anyone knows that name from. But he would eventually allow, he would buy a Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And allow Nids up Nids. and them get up in there. Well, that's that's Bigelow's group that he created, Nids. Yeah. I forget what that's an acronym for. It's probably in my notes. National somewhere. Investigative Defensive Science. Something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But it's what George Knapp and Colm Kelleher were a part of. Right. And I imagine like back in the day that 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 crew was sick as hell, dude. Just throwing down, looking for skinwalkers. Yeah. Maybe like uh, drawing pictures of what they thought they looked like and then holding them up to the sky like, is this what is this what you look like? Is this you? Go down here and face me like a man. Elliot. There is a rancher. 
this guy. They had the ranchers. They were called the Gormans. Uh, the Gormans. They're the original owners. The the OG owners. And but they that's saw an alias shit. because their name is not released to the public. They they've requested anonymity. These are the these are the, this is the family that saw all the stuff. Yeah. Right, because the ranch had been abandoned for years, years, and then they bought it in the '90s, thinking this is gonna be our ranch. Now, through George Knapp, a story is told. They saw a wolf, a big fucking wolf, just walking towards them. The wolf seemed quite friendly towards people, Mm -hmm. and they claim that the wolf walked up to him, and the dad actually patted it on the head. Yeah, the family was like, "Hey, you're a nice, nice dog." They thought it was like a somebody's dog. The yeah, it seemed tame. It was just a big fucking canine. Then the wolf walks up to the cow fence and grabs a calf by the nose and is attempting to pull the calf through the fence. At first, they go up and they're beating the wolf, to, and the wolf is just not reacting. It's like it doesn't even know what's there. And then they went and got a three fifty seven Magnum and shot the thing. Yeah, multiple times. No effect. The wolf's still just trying to pull this thing. Then they went and they got a .30-06, which is a, a rifle that can take down some big-ass game. And they shot it, and there was recoil from the beast. But And the beast seemed to have like a curious reaction, but really no ill effect. And they shot at it again. The bullet had gone through, and they saw hunks of flesh flying off of it. But again, no real effect. Until eventually the thing just trotted off in no bit of hurry, as if it would just lost interest in what it was doing and just went away. They tracked it, and the tracks stopped by a creek and seemed to disappear. And when they went back and found some of the flesh that they had shot off of it, it looked old and decayed. Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. And they described that this wolf was friendly, that they petted it, and that it smelled like a wet dog which isn't that big of a surprise. The family would report seeing the wolf from time to time, shot it with like major firearms, but the wolf would come around with these large black dogs with huge heads. And when they were shown certain pictures of certain types of wolves, they stopped on an image of a dire wolf, a long extinct wolf creature. This is scary. This is probably one of the coolest parts of this movie is listening to this story. Yeah. Now, imagine a giant dire wolf walks up to you, Stuart. Game of Thrones. Would you pat it on the head? No. You have to be raised from birth with that thing. So Otherwise, you can, it just... <laughs> if it don't let you ride it, you need to get the fuck away from it. Mm-hmm. But imagine seeing a dire wolf walk up and you're just like, oh, that wolf. Jon Snow. Seems friendly. Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I read them books. You know nothing, Jon Snow. There's some big fucking dogs out there. Yeah, no. But there's not dire wolf sides dogs. In Dyersburg, Tennessee. I, I haven't checked Dyersburg. That's where they're from, I think. Utah Indians, the tribe that has been pushed in this region, they believe that many sites that are seen are manifestations of long lost ancestors. And that others are just probably the skinwalker, like devious trickstery like beans from Native American lore. And we talked to a Corius Surawap who claims he saw a large disc in the sky and a voice in his head that said, You shouldn't be out here. You shouldn't be seeing this. Go back inside. You're going to miss your family. Turn away. Turn, turn away. Turn away. Uh, excuse me. Can you go back inside? This is not interesting. There's an intense light. He listens to the voice in his head, and Corey says, Fuck this shit, and he goes in. 
Then he goes into his place, looks around, the, the craft lowers. Well, remember what he said first. He's like, hey, that's a UFO. That's a fucking UFO. It comes down to near the ground. And then he said it just blinked out like like he turned off a light switch and it was gone. There's another part. <laughs> I actually felt like this was uh, pretty funny. That they saw patches of land just scooped. Like as if by a giant spoon. Just scoop land right up. And there are pictures of this scooped land. And they uh, they said the scooping uh, increased after they were dynamiting stumps. And they were they claimed to also hear mocking voices in an unknown language. I really wish I knew what that sounded like. You have any kind of in your face. Ranch, their equipment would just suddenly disappear. And they did show a picture of the scoop ground. But when they're describing it and they're standing in the land, they're like, and yeah, and this spot right here is where it was scooped. But it just looks like dirt. It's not. It's an indention. Not really. Not really. It just It's like patchy, deserty landscape. Well. I mean, it was kind of a stretch in my opinion. I mean, you could. There's probably like slow divots all over that ground on that ranch. How would he know exactly where it was? I guess I don't know. That's why we got it. That's why we got to go down there and start investigating. I think that's where this is heading. I love Utah. The idea of Utah. Yeah, we. You might not like in an execution, but we like in an idea. Eric Davis. He has a doctorate in physics, and he spent time at the ranch, probably as a part of Nids, D's Nids. <laughs> Oh, these nids. I never thought of that. (laughs) These nids. These nids. He says that this rancher, he was a good guy. He was a very capable guy. Mm -hmm. He pointed out that he was very good at animal husbandry. So he's been arm deep in cow pussies. Up to his his shoulder, probably. What? He said he was a good man, but all this experience emotionally affected him. His inability to understand it made him very angry. I don't understand. This family felt watched. They recalled hearing footsteps around their house when they were at home. Large footsteps. They had a claim of featureless black figures peeking into their windows. And Uh, those are probably Darth Vader's. That's pretty creepy. And also accounts of these featureless black figures walking into the house. Actually, that might have been Robbie Williams. Knapp is referencing Bob Bigelow are the most eccentric of billionaires. Yes. Talked about how he's just a misunderstood guy. He's not a UFO freak. He's just a guy who wants to know about UFOs. And his goal is to acquire UFO technology for his own benefit. Right. Interdimensional tea of some sort. Like, imagine if you were just sitting here and thinking, I would like a tea. And then interdimensionally, you get a tea. And then Bigelow's like, ching When Bigelow bought the ranch, he learned very quickly that it goes way beyond UFOs. Knapp says they've been confronted directly. And it's one thing to read about this stuff or hear these stories. But when you mm-hmm. see it in front of your face, yeah, whole new ball game. Right. Knapp was, wait, he was a skinwalker bait. Yeah. He was confronted directly? I guess he's speaking on behalf of people who were successfully used That's what I love bait. about these movies when they they're just <laughs> they keep it vague and not really get into anything. I love that. They were talking about how Nids, these Nids did studies on the ranch and they showed seed starting kits that they apparently were doing seeds in various rooms. It proved nothing because it's like you're just starting seeds. It was bizarre. 
and not in like a, a way I wanted this movie to be bizarre, but bizarre in a way that was like a lot of this is just kind of distraction from what I really wish you would focus on. Well, you know, I think what they should do, and this is just my, I'm going to call a Bigelow tomorrow and uh, maybe he can forward this on at the customer line when I'm telling him about the Raptors, right? I'll be like, why not make Skinwalker a functioning farm? Right. I mean, think the marketing and the selling and stuff. You could be like, these are seeds from a big low ranch. You could say, I know you started seeds. I saw the kits. I want those seeds. I want them alien plant seeds. That's right. You got interdimensional dire seeds. That's what I want. Because these seeds, think about it, they'd be non GMO, right? Because it's alien technology. It's AMO. We'll just assume it's AMO, right? Alien modified organisms. Janice Pui up. She talks about how she got hit by a moving light. She talks about something, something's here and it is real. And she begins to cry and Jeremy Corbell walks over. Gives her a hug. Yeah, yeah. Which got cut like real quick, but like, I don't know. His, his choices are very strange. He's got cool editing techniques, you know? I imagine if you uh, asked him why he chose to do certain things, he'd probably get a long-winded answer where the word art comes up a lot. Well, he'd say like, well, you know, I, art. I, I've always said I'm an accidental artist. Art, art, art. And I accidentally did that, actually. She says her neighbor, Charlie Wynn, he saw the light too, and his face got very red, like a really bad sunburn from the light. She talks about how he had to jump into a ditch to cool down. Charlie would eventually die of cancer. And Janice believes that the health of her family is being attacked and she attributes a lot of her family's history of bad health to these lights yeah her son ms at 30 years old when we interview the son and corbell asks him if he thinks this is attributed to that the son's like no 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 no, no. i just saw some shit this guy yeah we go into more nap reports the documentary within the documentary are these nap narrated clips and the nap clips they remind you of a documentary that you would find deep in the trenches of Amazon Prime. Like one of those kind of documentaries. It's just dryly explaining everything. But I found myself as I got deep into this movie that I would rather maybe see Nap's documentary than, <laughs> than the one we're watching that is getting edited around it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It comes off a little drier, but it at least focuses more on the accounts. I don't know why they didn't just go ahead with the home remodel that they'd started at the beginning or, ju or like just bring Jeremy in, have him remodel the home. Robbie Williams or somebody could move in and be like, Oh, I love this house. We got This house is amazing, and I love that outside there's all these creatures and aliens. I love it. In Knapp's report, they describe that they bring a dog. Her name is Lucy, the Wonder Dog. The dogs are often brought in as biosensors because dogs can see and sense things that humans Right, which cannot. we do here at uh, our own podcasting ranch. We have dogs as sensors as well, biosensors. Very smart. A story is told of dogs kept in a fence because when the dogs that they bring in, they keep them in this fence. And then something will keep letting the dogs out. They twine the the fence shut. And they yeah, we bind it up real tight. Nothing. The twine is gone. The gone. dogs are still getting out. Then they would put a full on big lock on it, and the lock would just gone. disappear. Vanished. The dogs would keep getting out. Nids, bro. They left a plate of cookies. Gone. 
all but one cookie. Yeah, well, half a cookie. With a note that says, this one's for you. Thanks for the cookies. So I think it was Santa Claus, you know, that was doing it. Eric Davis says that he saw a color-changing orb fly around on his first day. And he said that the orb was made at a point to avoid the range of the cameras in which it was shooting. So if you put a camera, if you saw an orb and you were like, oh, start recording, start recording, that orb would somehow know exactly where to go to avoid where the camera saw. All right, here's my latest idea how they can capture these orbs. Just turn Skinwalker Ranch into a full-on skate park. Get skaters out there making their videos, you know, and then, oh, what's that? Behind that ollie, behind that kickflip. Uh, it's flying saucer. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We got that orb. You're, you're saying make skateboard videos. Yeah. And that will accidentally, that will trick the orb into thinking it's not being. Well, the, also the orb will be like, wow, look at his wicked tricks. Shit. And they'll be like, orbs will be hanging out watching their yeah. tricks. And then, psh, then, the orb will, then the orb will probably go by a board and come around. <laughs> <laughs> Start ripping ollies. Sick yep. ollies. Oh, and then also what they'll do is get some solar panels out there. Get our boy Elon. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who I think might be the new owner of Skinwalker Ranch. He should buy it. You know, he could be out there loading up those solar panels, those power cells. I mean, when those alien lights come down super bright, that's a ton of power. They're just not using we see two pictures that Davis describes. One shows like these shadowy structures in the background. It looks like they could be low-hanging clouds, but we see it very briefly. And he talks about an air trail from the ground that, that went from the ground into the sky. And we see a picture where the air trail seems to be in the sky. If you saw it coming from the ground to the sky, maybe take a full picture to where you can see it coming from the ground. But the picture he shows just shows like typical jet stream. You know? I don't know. That was good enough for me. <laughs> now we start asking, is the ranch actually an interdimensional portal to another world? Yes. That's what I think. There is a lot of theories about extra dimensions. There is a lot of uh, scientists, physicists that believe there could be possible like a parallel world. I think it's like an overlay, right? Of time. Yeah. Right. That's how you get the dire wolves from 10,000 years ago. Whoa. Yeah. It's I, like overlaying time. You have all the people walking around that house, right? When they were living there. I've always had That's like That's the a, UFO investigators, dude, from now. Whoa. They were in the house then. And they were all, all these people like walking outside their windows. So ghosts, it's almost- That's Robbie Williams, for real. So you're thinking like, and there's a lot of theories around this, like something like a ghost. You're actually seeing like an image transverse through time because time yes. is an illusion and- and all time is now, and time is just a matter of perspective. Right. So if we were like giant beans, like beans, giant beans, green that that where are we were as tall as like if our head was up to a right, sky, right, right. So if time our heads, would be yes, because our completely different, because you know that it requires eighty percent of our body energy to you know to um, keep our brains functioning at normal cognitive levels, right? I guess. So the best way. I think you're getting at this. To make that work is to shrink our bodies. Oh, yeah. So our heads can get bigger. We'll be like we'll be like giant beans, beans with hypercognitive abilities, and suddenly we'll be able to see everything, all times. 
jolly all dimensions like a jolly green giant ho 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 Bean. but you want to turn into like his little little buddy the little <laughs> green buddy yeah, yeah, yeah that guy in the little saucer and they're they grow beans and they sell beans the guy from the flintstones what's the guy with the with the hat the great gazoo or something he shows up kind of like that i was thinking like a big like you or me we could be like big giant jelly beans just with our faces on <laughs> All right. Uh, we see an account. <laughs> they talk about an account where they saw the NIDS people. They didn't get this on camera, but they claim that they saw this light. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they say they put on like a night vision goggles and they put on something that their light was very bright? And then they put something on that and they saw that the light looked like a 3D tunnel. If you were looking at the light straight on, it was just a blinding light. But then they put something on and they actually saw like a three-dimensional light tunnel. And they said... That a large black creature with a head and no, no neck. A gnome, a gnome neck? A no neck. Oh, a no neck. A no neck creature. Pulls itself through the tunnel onto the ground and walks off into the darkness. And that the tunnel slowly fades back, almost like it's collapsing backwards and disappears. So we've got what sounds like a Sasquatch sighting coming out of a light tunnel. There are mm-hmm. a lot of theories that the reason you can't find... Sasquatch skeletons or anything is because these are actually interdimensional beings that can come in and out of their into our dimension. Right. And hence all the hair on their bodies, because guess what doesn't travel through dimensions? Hair? Clothes. Clothes. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried to. Okay, just let. Well, here's just, here. Look, I'm gonna put it in practical, real, real terms. You know how when you're doing your laundry, you're washing your clothes, you got your socks. What happened to the other sock? It's gone because it doesn't travel through dimensions in yeah, time. Right. And all of a sudden, you're missing a sock. Wait, when my socks go missing, when you get one sock, that's like, where's that one sock? Yes, it's because a, a being from another dimension. Has your other sock. Probably a Sasquatch. So, some, or a former version of you or previous version of your relatives or descendants in your home have your other sock. We talked to a Shelby Chapoos who works in public education, saw a flying saucer flying around. And she said that she's a little worried to go into a lot of details because. She feels like she might get ostracized at her job. But she says that everybody has their story. She talks about how one time she woke up at 1 a.m. She had no control over her body. She walked into the living room and she saw two lights in the window. And these lights were so bright that they lit up the whole house. Suddenly, she's facing the stove and five hours of time were missing. Uh, Yeah, I can. I Yeah. That happened to me. Can, can you relate to yeah. missing time? Yeah. When I was watching this movie, <laughs> all of a sudden, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I saw that the running time was two hours, but then six hours were gone when the movie was over. You know, I started it and it just seemed to go on forever. Eric Davis pointed out that the phenomenon, phenomenon. is cognizant of the scientists and made it a point to give them nothing, even though all the scientists describe that light tunnel story, or maybe they were just secondhand storing that for a witness i'm not sure they have no physical evidence on film or anything imagine what elon musk could do with this light tunnel technology but i don't seem to remember the good dreams the ones that i remember are the nightmares with his boring company you know the tunnel company light tunnels 
mm-hmm. take a light tunnel to DC to New York and back. How about a hyperloop into the dimension in which Sasquatches live? Oh, snap! Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what do you do when you're talking about something that you can't explain? Here's what Eric Davis did. I just explain it. Yeah. Just go ahead and claim that it's precog. That's precognizant. Go ahead and put a lot of labels on it, even though you have no evidence of what it is. Yep. Now we hear a story about four bulls in a trailer. When I watched the trailer for this movie... They kind of alluded to this story. And I was under the impression that the bulls were packed like dead, like squished into a very small facility. Yeah. What happened here is that there was full four bulls. They weighed 2,000 pounds each. They really pointed out that these were expensive cattle. Like, And the Gormans, uh, they really, their livelihood depended on these cattle. Then one day they walked by and the corral was empty. Where are their giant bulls? And the rancher walks to... The trailer by the corral looks in. All four bulls are crammed into this trailer in which there is only one way to enter. And that enter seemingly was locked shut. Now, this story, right? Yeah. Keep going. I got some theories on this one. The four bulls, they seem dazed. And then the ranchers like yell something like, why y'all bulls in here? And the bulls freak out and kick their way out of the trailer. So they say that they destroyed it and tore, kicked the hole one into minute. it. One minute. In yeah. one minute, they destroyed it. It looked like this trailer doesn't look all kicked open. It looks it like they fine. replaced it. Yeah. If it was the same trailer, I don't know. And uh, it took four hours to rein in the cattle. And they keep reiterating that this was a latch from the outside. And they would add things to it, like, how, as they kept going with the story. It was like, oh, there were cobwebs in there, too. That's how you knew nothing really moved in there. It's like they kept adding, like, elements to it to... To show you that this wasn't open and these bulls somehow were in this trailer. But the bulls ultimately were fine. It took four hours to rein them in. Well, here's my theory. You know how they say we're living in a simulation? Yeah. Have you ever played the game The Sims? I know you have. Uh, this will be this your second episode where The Sims are referenced. Well, you talked about how much you love The Sims you know, last time, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're playing Sims. Your little Sims are like, these bulls, my, my life will be ruined if these, anything happened to these bulls. And what would you do if you were a little bit vindictive that day towards your Sims? You'd ghost the bulls. You'd put them in a pool, took the ladder out, Yep. and then, and then watch their ghosts walk around. Exactly. You get it. They More show proof. <laughs> they keep showing this picture of a bull. They made it look like it was two-headed, but it was just the way it was shot. Just a picture of the bulls. If you look at the trailer, it makes it look like you're looking at a two-headed bull, but that's just not the case. Then we go to another nap report, talking about how the Gormans have lost 14 cattle. And then we get probably the most evidence of something weird going on that we've seen with cattle mutilations. They talk about how they detected a musk odor around the calves because usually cows smell great. And they noticed that these cows. What's all these cows? They're smelling. <laughs> and they saw a mother cow limping and dragging its leg. And but we see footage of a calf that they and they said this occurred all within 45 minutes. How they went away, come back and they found the calf. And we see the footage where it's spread eagle on its back. It looks completely dissected. Not all of its meat is gone, but it looks like it's pretty much the meat right by the bone. Oh, it's yeah. down that and far. And this is footage we actually see. This is actually some crazy fucking shit right here. I I was scared. 
And they noted that the ear in which the cow was tagged, it was sliced off as if something very sharp like a scalpel. A femur was found several feet away from the cow. And they said that this occurred in less than an hour. They determined that multiple instruments had to be used and they found no significant amount of blood or gore, which would be present if you were totally just tearing apart any living creature. Colm states that it must have been killed elsewhere and brought back here. They believe that it was a mechanical job in nature. Oh, I should also that with the cows shoved in the trailer, the NIDS team, they were there, but they didn't see this happen. And they called these NIDS to come check it out. These NIDS. These NIDS had no real evidence, but they did note that the corral was magnetized. Whoa, magnets. How do those work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Miracles. Jeremy points out that uh, that these incidents are hardly repeated that they came across. And there's a lot more presumptions about the precognitive nature of something that they don't understand. Bigelow would eventually sell the ranch with the condition that new owner allow research and filming to continue. And now we meet the new rancher. But not really. He's hidden. He's disguised. His ID is disguised. And he said he has to disguise himself for professional reasons. But he said that when he came in, he installed significant security enhancements. This guy seems very serious. It almost seems like this guy is going to tell you some shit, like just how they set him up. They make him seem so mysterious. It seems like we're reaching a climactic point of the movie where this guy is about to drop some shit on you. You can't believe. But it's uh-huh. but that's not really the case. It's nothing different than we've been hearing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the guy who sang that song, Millennium... Uh, in, the, in the early 2000s. He showed up. Rob Williams, the singer. Robbie Williams. Bigger in England. This guy's bigger in England. Mega huge star in England. Mega huge. He was in this boy band called Take That. It only takes a minute, girl. All think, that. And in the, US, all that? in the U.S., he had a one hit song at least called Millennium. I don't know if y'all remember that. Uh, I can't forget it, personally. He was my Spice Girls. But suddenly, <laughs> he was my ginger, my sporty, my scary, all in one. My baby. Please continue. <laughs> uh, is that all of them? Baby, ginger, sporty, scary. Posh? Posh. Well, I want to say posh. Yeah. It's not, really an, it's not really a southern word that we use very much down here, except that uh, the Chick-fil-A. You might say you uh, throw around posh uh, at the Chick Fil A. Yeah, you might say uh, I'll take one of those uh, posh waffle fries. I'm more of a Zaxby's guy, so I'll get some posh tenders. Posh tenders. You know they stopped selling posh birthday cake shakes. What? Yeah, which were fantastic, and they stopped selling them. Get your shit together, Zaxby's. Ooh, God. Well, you got to go to um, what's the other one? The other chicken place, not Popeyes, not KFC. Churches. Not churches. What is it? You know, no. It's like a Southern Louisiana style. Well, that's Popeyes. Fried, chi- fried chicken? No. Popeyes is the best. It's got the biscuits. Food, they got the biscuits. Chicken. Everyone goes there for breakfast. Oh, Bojangles. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You know Bojangles. Yeah. That's that's something that just hasn't broken out of the South yet. <laughs> People know about Zaxby's, but yeah. in the rest of the country, um, those rubes, they're just like eating their <laughs> Zaxby's and they don't know about Bojangles. We only got those here. You know, you know what else we have in the South? 
What, Atlanta? Shoney's? No. Do you know? Okay, this is something that blew my mind. And I don't know if I brought it up on previous episodes, but it's very likely that I did and forgotten because my mind was blown. Yeah. Chick-fil-A in Atlanta has special Chick-fil-A's in the Atlanta area. What does that mean? They are special. They're called Chick-fil-A Dwarf House. I, I'm still waiting for you to explain. Yes. Okay. Well, I just wanted to get a reaction and I didn't get any. Okay. So it's it's a Chick-fil-A that has steak. Okay. They have steak. They have a counter. They have table service. What? They are open extended hours into the night. Wow. Like, like a Waffle House. And there are nine in the Atlanta area and only there. So and they're they're like like when you see a McDonald's that has like pizza on the menu. You see it every once in a while, like McDonald's pluses in right. very select areas around yes. the country. Yes. Wow. It's that. It's, and they don't want anyone to know about it. Well, the lid's been blown. We have blown the lid on Chick-fil-A Dwarf Houses. So we maybe you- not have evidence uh, of a lot of the paranormal things that we talk about in this movie, but we did blow the lid off of Chick-fil-A Dwarf Houses. Why the fuck do they call it that? Can you just... Just Google image search Chick-fil-A Dwarf House. Okay. And uh, I want to, this is, um, I think what you're going to see is going to be revelatory. The uh, evidence that I have put forth is uh, going to uh, just really show you. It looks like something, something. out of a like a, a, a an Austrian village. Right. That is the Dwarf House. There is actually a Dwarf House in front of the Chick-fil-A Dwarf House. Seemingly for no purpose, except to live up to the name. Do you enter the Chick-fil-A through it? You may. You you are. You, you can go into the dwarf house. I, I would not suggest it for the chance of paranormal activity, and it could be a portal of some sort to the, another dimension in which Chick-fil-A serves steak. Wow. What a, what a thing I've never heard of. Now, tell me that this is not connected. It's the not cows, connected. On the billboards, eat more chicken, you go in a dwarf house, you can buy steak. No, really think about this now. Cow mutilations, Skinwalker Ranch, Chick-fil-A, dwarf house, portals, Robbie Williams, Bigelow T, Yoda, George Lucas, Skywalker. What did we get when we put all that together? The That mutilated calf was holding a eat more chicken sign. That was delightfully misspelled. So it definitely shows that Chick-fil-A is definitely involved somehow. Yeah, definitely. There's a reason we're in Utah too. And I'm not sure what. I will figure it out. We'll get there. It may take many episodes. The ranchers, one rancher, says that deniers are delusional. There's absolute truth to what is happening. It is the most scientific effort of our time. Oh, Utah. Universal Telecommunication Alien House. Whoa. Utah. In my notes I write, why is that singer dude there? To the hitchhikers (laughs) of the galaxy. Don't come home with me. Robbie Williams. But he just is. I know why he's there. This is not not unrelated. Robbie Williams is a full-on enthusiast, obsessive, of individuals that have had encounters. And he goes around the country, sense. our country, trying to find out what's going on. I heard an NPR story. We are no, not even kidding. Where uh, he was uh, interviewed about about his alien enthusiasm. Okay, no kidding. John Ronson sounds great. Google John Ronson. And, I uh, like him. I like John. Robbie Williams. Yeah, 
uh, Rob, Robbie Williams. Uh, the director says that he wanted to see something but didn't. They're sitting around a campfire at this point. He said he would love to see it. One guy says, well, I'd love to see a portal. The director's like, I wanted to see something, but I didn't. But I'm kind of glad I didn't see anything. And the director says that... It's just I've got the point where I just I don't have the luxury of disbelief anymore. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean I know anything. I just don't have the luxury of disbelief. Right. Which was hard to parse. Calm Kelleher... The NIDS director, these NIDS, once confident of answers when he first arrived, but nothing that they found put them on an expected path. And they point out that there's no strong evidence that what we're seeing and what we're discovering is of extraterrestrial origin. We see more pilot UFO footage. The whole fleet of them look on the ASA. Which is very fascinating, but doesn't have much to do with Skinwalker Ranch. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. What it was like, the pilots going like, we did earlier. What's going on? What is that? Hey, what an orb. The director says, Corbell says, it's it's your problem. You have to take in what you've heard and deal with it. Look, and then I he just says made something, the movie. Yeah. It's our job to investigate the unexplained, not to explain the uninvestigated end of the movie. Now, Stuart, we don't rate in a uh, star rating scale. Yeah. That's for um, uh, uh, IMDb. But we do rate in a Herzog rating scale. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. We are going to combine them. Yes. For best out of 10 Herzogs. Stuart, why don't you tell us what you thought of this movie, Hunt for the Skinwalker by Jeremy, a lot of other names, Corbell. Okay, okay. Now, I thought I, you know, I've, I use the scientific method in grading documentaries, as you know. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of interesting editing techniques that had me on the edge of my seat. So for that, I'm going to give it half of a Herzog there now. Uh, okay. To continue, there was miraculous evidence the cow the video of the cow probably the most compelling right you see that video of that cow it's like yeah i mean that's a cow cut up no denying that they somebody cut up a cow or a cow was cut up by a being or maybe an animal with really good precision like a precision animal like a dire wolf hmm? mm -hmm. so i'm gonna for that evidence i'm gonna give it another half of hers like that's one herzog and then I love Robbie Williams. So, like I said earlier, yeah, Robbie. So that's two Herzogs there, um, and the pork pie hat. So half, half Herzog for the pork pie hat. Editing evidence. Robbie Williams pork pie hat. Two and a half Herzogs. Okay. Whew. Wow. Um, I mean, look, I would give it the other Herzogs that we're missing here. If not for that little ending there where he's like, I made the movie. He almost said it on accident. Sorry. I made a movie. Whoops. Oops. He almost said that at the end, right? They should have called it Oops, the Skinwalker Ranch story. Oops. I don't know. I I don't know how this happened, but it's a movie. It's an accident. Here you go. You know, if he'd actually really made like a real like, you know. Movie? <laughs> yeah. Instead of like a highlight reel, which it's cool. Look, I mean, I hope that he gets the TV series or whatever. Or uh, if he, I hope he gets funding from Elon Musk or whatever it is. I mean, I he got my $10. I mean, I'm going to give him, I get my five. And I might rent it again because I want to show my mom. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just give your mom my Prime password so she can just watch it. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. So you gave it 2.5. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I feel like. Wait, can I go back? 
want to add one more. If you got to. One more quarter of a Herzog. So that would be three quarters and two Herzogs. What? Okay, okay. I'll just give it another, another half a Herzog. An, you you brought up the three? I really liked, which is that chalkboard sequence where it's <laughs> him on the chalkboard. And that was so cool because uh, I lo- like he had all the pictures. He's putting it. And it's like, it took me back to school. It it gave me that kind of like sense memory of school, like my teachers, like remember when he was writing on a bunch of yeah, like you that, know when your teachers were writing backwards yeah. and uh, and uh, you know how when you go to school and your teacher's like all right and then this and this and he circle this and it's like at the end it's like a bunch of stuff and you're like wow I learned everything that's I like that part so it's three you brought it up to three no actually just bring it, actually I'm gonna subtract for that I just thought about it a little more I didn't like that actually so two. You're giving it a two. Two Herzogs. Yeah. I felt like about 10 minutes in that this was like not what I wanted it to be. Well, well, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was excited about this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of bells and fucking whistles to this movie. And I got to be honest, while I did find that these people telling these accounts to be interesting, I felt like a Reddit thread describing this would be less cluttered than this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of over-stylized shit. It seemed like there was a lot of stuff that didn't need to really happen. There was some compelling stuff, like the cattle mutilation stuff was compelling. The UFO footage from the pilots, that's very interesting. But you could also just Google that. What about the the billionaire with a robot voice? We didn't even talk about that. What? Oh, because he kept... He kept distorting people's voices. I have many interests financially that I could not get wrapped up in it. Yeah, that part. I do want to learn. I think this kind of stuff is fun to learn about. I don't want to dismiss any eyewitness accounts. I feel like if people say that they had these experiences, that they experienced missing time, I believe that they saw something. I believe their stories. I feel like the way this movie was stylized actually took a lot away from the overall legitimacy of this. Because I believe that Skinwalker Ranch is a fascinating place and people do see things that they cannot explain there. And I felt like this movie actually made it seem lamer than it was in my imagination. Very self-absorbed kind of approach to making this movie. Yeah. I really would love to watch a movie like this where the director is doing the best they can to be kind of objective and just kind of let people tell their stories and let things unfold as they are. But this is just like so on 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 the head. Also... They talk about how they have 30 hours of footage that no one's ever seen. We see maybe 20 minutes of it. And the rest of it is just a bunch of filler stuff in which he's making like lapsed time footage and shit like that. And it was, I bought this digitally for 10 bucks. I felt like I was way too much. I'm going to give this one Herzog. I thought it, I thought really it took away from the good things about it were over, were overshadowed by too much of this guy's inability to kind of pull back and be subtle with his little tricks that he can't, couldn't seem to stop himself from doing. What about the revelation that we we came upon in the course of this episode? Can you at least give him another one? Mm, I'm sorry. Him? I'm sorry. I felt like this is... He gave us the key. We had to open the door. Ooh. Well... And also the atmospherics, right? Like I said, I don't dismiss the witnesses. I dismiss his approach to telling their story, and I yeah. don't think he did a very good job. He kind of, he kind of, yeah, he kind of, he kind of shit the bed a little bit. Yeah, and I didn't get one. There was not one moment where I was like, well, maybe one, where I was like, you know, a little like freaked out. I was kind of like, okay, 
Yeah. All right. I just wish there was more. I mean, I didn't expect to see definitive proof. All right. There's Robbie Williams. Okay. Yeah. Bigelow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This is Ridge. Drill. Scary. Yeah. But that's this movie. You give it two Herzogs, I give it one. That's a total of three out of ten Herzogs. Hunt for the Skinwalker. But now, uh, by Jeremy Corbell. For our, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, the 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 attractors, as we're saying, I'd suggest going get on YouTube. There's some drone footage over Skinwalker Ranch with some real creepy music under it. Watch that. Yeah, I think you'd really like that. Yeah, probably a little more straightforward. And just kind of like imagine scary stuff. Yeah. You know, that's all you have to do. Follow us on social networks. I deactivated Twitter because I'm bad at it and I don't like it. But we have a Facebook fan page and the Instagram is a lot more active and on point. Follow Documenteers on Instagram. You can actually get previews of what's coming ahead of time. We are working on a website and it should be, we would hope that it'd be ready before the end of the year. So stay tuned for that. Shoot us an email at documentierspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave a comment on the message board. Yeah, you can yell uh, at me, tell me I'm wrong. If you know a lot about Skinwalker Ranch, and enlighten me. Start a YouTube channel Chris, critiquing our methods. Um, I suggest <laughs> perhaps a vlog or blog mm-hmm. countering some of our accusations. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I'd like to see maybe uh, something about Chick-fil-A dwarf houses and figure out what's going on there. People could do that. And if you would please give us five stars in a review on iTunes. Uh, iTunes has an algorithm. A lot of podcasts go through iTunes. If you we've we've had a little shade thrown at us, which I think means that we're on track to being look, this happens to Lyft drivers too. So if you're you a know? fan, yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan <laughs> Help us get get that half star back to five stars. Just think of us as your friendly neighborhood podcast driver. Yeah. And if you've left a, a positive review, you're the best. Kiss, 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 love. We love you. But if you've been listening a lot and you enjoy us, help us out. Five stars in a review on iTunes. Yeah. You know, who knows? You know, you might get a shout out on future episodes of the pod. Quite so. Quite so. Who knows? And that's it for this episode. Hunt for the Skinwalker by Jeremy Corbell, a whopping three out of 10 Herzogs. We tried, man, we tried. Look, I, I'm I'm on board, but you know, clean it up. Yeah, clean it up. You know, he should have just edited only uh, Nat's footage into a film. That's what he really should have done. There's too much of him in it, and that really brought it down. But that's it, Humphrey Skinwalker Ranch, three yeah. out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining me, Stuart. Yeah. And keep on docking. What's that? What is that? The cosmos is all that is, or ever was, or ever will be. Our contemplations of the cosmos stir us. There's a tingling in the spine, a catch in the voice, a faint sensation as if a distant memory of falling from a great height. We know we are approaching the grandest of mysteries. Oh, snap!